0: Hi my name is Andrew Chamberlain and you are listening to a Creative Writers Tool Belt interview. My guest today is the artist and children's writer and illustrator Claire Keane. Until 2013, Claire was based at Disney Studios, where she worked as a visual development artist. She contributed to two animated feature films there, Frozen, which was released last year, and Tangled, which she worked on with her father, the animator Galen Keane. And I invited Claire to interview for the creative writer's tool belt because of her interest in character development and story and sincerity and integrity in art. We had a great conversation exploring the space where art meets story and creative writing and talking about some of the techniques that Claire used to really discover who her characters are. I hope you enjoy the interview. Here it is. Well, welcome to the Creative Writers' Toolbelt, Claire. Thank you for giving us some of your time today.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited to be able to speak with you.
0: Well, it's very good to have you with us. I want to start by asking you a little bit about your development as an artist as you were growing up. You spent some years in Paris. I think you moved there when you were 16. Can you tell me a little bit about how that time influenced you as an artist? What did you get up to while you were there?
1: So my dad had a year off in his contract with Disney, and he really wanted to take us to another city. But then he was thinking, I really want to take the family to a place where we, they don't speak English so we can right. learn a new language and so he took us to France Right. and it was only supposed to be like for one year here we absolutely loved it so much that we ended up continuing to live there and I ended up staying there for eight years and my parents stayed there for four and it was really an amazing experience because in the beginning after high school I wanted to stay in France because I wanted to continue learning the culture and the mm. language and, mm. and So after high school, I decided that I wanted to go to fashion design school and do fashion illustration. And so I went to Parsons School of Design for one year. And after that first year, I realized something about myself was that what I loved so much about fashion illustration was really just illustrating the girls underneath the dresses. And it wasn't so much the dresses or the costumes that I was all that interested in anymore. And that's when I realized, like, oh, no, I I need to be going to a school where where I'm focusing really on drawing. And so my dad had suggested a school in the sixth called... um, Ecole Supérieure d'Art Graphique, and it was a really very traditional French school for graphic arts, which I didn't really understand what that was at the time. It was graphic design, actually. And I didn't really know what graphic design was, but all I knew was that they had like really strong classic drawing classes and that's what I was wanting. And so I went there and and it was like military boot camp. It was so (laughs) difficult. We would spend like a week working on an illustration, we'd pin it up on a cord. And then the teachers would just sit there and just criticize it to the core, and just, nah. and they would just rip things up in front of us. It was just horrible, a horrible thing. But luckily, I did not speak French fluently at that point, so a lot of what they said just went over my head. <laughs> but eventually, the school kind of became more and more about graphic design, which is a lot of typography and photography and just basic composition and advertising and all of a sudden I was in this completely different world that I didn't know that I was gonna be learning and I didn't even know really existed and I'm really glad that I went there because I don't think that I would have ever chosen to have learned those things And, and I really feel like it has helped me kind of think about the concept behind what I'm doing because that was a big part of our classes was just making sure that that we were conveying a concept in our images and that the images actually meant something and that is something that has really stuck with me for a long
0: time I want to pick up on a couple of things that you said that are quite interesting I mean the first one I guess is you obviously had quite a disciplined period of time in terms of your education and development as an artist yeah how valuable do you think that was to you in terms of the things that you did afterwards in terms of the the visual development work that you did how important was it as a grounding for that
1: at that school especially those first years they were very much about just observing what you have in front of you and there wasn't any sort of like, okay, now we want you to stylize it like it's going to be on Cartoon Network or something. Yeah. Like they, yeah. There was no stylization and if you went for stylization, they would slap your hand and say, no, observe what you're watching. Mm. Even though it was frustrating sometimes, I feel like I got so much more out of it because it's just that time for really studying what you're looking at and I feel like that has really pushed me through my whole process of everything that I do. Um, every yeah. time I I sit down to draw something. I really want to believe in what I'm I'm drawing. Yeah. And so I want to feel as real as possible.
0: I, I can think of some parallels, as you're saying all this, between the world of art where you work and the world of writing and creative writing. Mm-hmm. I, I've been on creative writing weekends where one of the exercises we do is not to actually write anything, but just to go out. And we were somewhere fairly sort of scenic and there was... Countryside and trees and stuff, and, and to just observe what there is. And I was also really struck by what you said about when you were looking at design, you weren't so much interested in the clothes, but the people underneath them. There is, I think, that sense of discovering who the character is. Discovering that—that's the sense I get in what you're saying there, that you are trying to discover who these people really yeah. are. And that yeah. to me is a and parallel to to writing as well. Who are, who is the character? Yeah,
1: that's really what I've been discovering ever since. Well, uh, dis- discovering while I've been up as an artist that oh yeah what really is interesting to me are the people underneath and how they how they think about things and the relationships between people and i'm i'm really curious to hear about like this creative writing exercise that you go out into the and, and it, like do you write when you do that um,
0: or we, we we do so it's a it's an exercise which i think actually would benefit anybody in any art form So you go out and you look at things and you take notice and pay attention of things and then you come back and you write what you've seen. And for writers, this is linked to the idea of working on your style, working on the way in which you write. And so again, I Mm. can see the parallel between that and and being perhaps an artist in the kind of visual context because as writers, we learn style by learning how to be succinct, by learning how to be clear and precise in what we're writing to to avoid. Wow, and
1: I think that that's exactly how it is with drawing.
0: I, I think... I it is. The artist equivalent of writers going wrong in their style is uh, is a a young artist perhaps drawing something in a very stylized way because they've seen it on the TV and not not learning the proper discipline behind it. So I think I can see parallels between a really solid grounding in in drawing what you see versus a really solid grounding in writing what you see. Yeah,
1: it's really all about how each individual translate the world around them into whatever medium they're using, whether it be art Mm. or writing or even music. I guess.
0: I wanted to talk to you a little bit as well about some of the influences on your life. And I, I know that you, you've talked about some of the great artists whose work influences you. Um, do you want to tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about who, who some of those people are and why they have they have influenced you? And what what do you draw from them?
1: Well, I guess number one would be my dad. My dad is Glenn Keane, who is an animator, and he worked at Disney for a long time. And he is always encouraging me to to draw. And really, I think this is why he had recommended the mm-hmm this school to me was because he had seen the portfolios come out of the school he always encouraging me to draw what is in front of me and to be sincere in what I'm saying with my drawing mm. and well and, and that's what he does in his drawings and it, it kind of touches your heart in a way to see how sincere the moments are and how I can relate to the moments that he draws because he's relating to those moments
0: yeah yes I, I can and I think this is a, another area where artists and writers have, have a show ambition if you like it which is into creating art which is authentic and which is true to itself so yeah i mean you you talked about some of your dad's work and but you you worked on um, tangled when you were at disney and um, yeah i know that you did some work around the character rapunzel there can can you tell us a little bit about the kinds of things that you did to really understand who the character was
1: so one of the things that when i first came to disney um i was asked to come up with some costume designs and i was so excited and I just like I couldn't stop doing it and while I was doing them I kept once again looking at the girl underneath yeah. thinking like how <sighs> How does she wear these clothes? Like, does she feel comfortable in them? Like, would she, like, alter the clothes a little bit so that it reflects her personality a bit more or things like that? So I started thinking about her, which really led me to think about, well, what does she do? Like, she's in this tower all day. And then the other thing that my dad was directing, or Tangled at the time, the other thing that he had asked me to do, and he kept asking me to do, was um, design Rapunzel's murals. Yeah. And so I, like, kind of dance around and kind of try to design the murals and look at different things that kind of inspired me. And then I would just kind of go blank. I just didn't, I had no idea. And really what it was, was because I didn't know who Rapunzel was. I didn't know what she did in her tower. I didn't know what she felt about living in the tower. I didn't know any of those things, and neither did any of the writers or the directors on the. Everybody, this was like the big question: like, who is Rapunzel? Like, what does she do in her tower? And so, at one point, I took my sketchbook i was thinking okay well so she's in this tower i knew that she had to like somehow be accepting of her situation and we didn't want her to be like this dark brooding character and we wanted her to be very relatable and so i was thinking okay like well, what what did an 18 year old girl do in a room all day if she didn't have anything to do or anywhere mm-hmm. to go and i was trying to think of my own life like what do i do when i'm not really doing anything <laughs> and i just couldn't think of anything so i decided that i was going to take my sketchbook home with me that weekend and just follow my life around with a sketchbook and i guess this goes back to the the whole idea about observing from life yes so i just stayed inside the house the whole weekend and just every mundane thing that i do i'd like make sure to either jot it down in words or or do a drawing of it. Yes. So if I was putting clothes away and singing while I was putting clothes away, I think, oh, okay, this is maybe something that Rapunzel does. Like she's she's folding clothes and she's singing while she does it. And so maybe I'd yeah. draw a little drawing of that about and translate my life into how Rapunzel would do it and just kind of developing the idea that she's got chores, but all the chores that she does really become like an expression of her creativity. And then at the end of it, I looked at it all and I I realized that I I actually know this girl. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it just started being a little bit more um, relatable and I could feel her breathing and living. In this world and after i did that then i felt like okay i've done i've done my research i know her i feel like i could continue trying to get to know her better but i feel like i've gotten to know her well enough that i could start trying to design her walls
0: and i would i and, would encourage anyone who's listening to this to if, if they've got if they've got the film on dvd or, or maybe they can go to youtube go and find that scene. Go and find the scene where uh, Rapunzel decorates her, her space. Look at how much thought's gone into what this girl would be doing in a very enclosed space on her own during the day. And look at these murals that Claire has designed. A lot of the things you have talked about, Claire, there have real parallels in the world of creative writing. With people trying to understand, if if a writer doesn't understand who their character is, then it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. They they write a bland character, no one can connect with them. Almost as writers, even though I mean I can't draw to save my life, but maybe we should just draw a picture now and again, as well as we. I mean, we tend we do an exercise, write, writers, where. You, you take a hundred questions. You ask the character those questions, and mm. and as the answers come, you understand who the person is. But I suspect oh, that's you, really... you've, you've done the, like probably that. the visual. You've done the visual equivalent of that. But I think these, all of these tasks and exercises are coming from the same place.
1: I think that it has to do with however you can express yourself the easiest. And if you're a writer, you're going to express yourself through words. And if you're uh, an illustrator or a drawer or something, just then you express yourself through your images.
0: Yes. I, I wonder if mm-hmm. until you know who your character is, you can't really draw them properly.
1: That is exactly how I feel. Um, whenever I, I start on a project and I don't know who the character is, is. just There's this moment where I'm just kind of like, I literally just sit and draw circles. I just can't draw without knowing, without feeling something about the character.
0: Yes, I think this comes back to this point that you made about draw what you see and being true to who the character is. So you've, um, you've obviously been working on other projects since then. Can you tell me a little bit about perhaps if there are lessons you've learned from working on Tangled that you've taken with you since then? I mean, lessons about trying to discover who a character is.
1: Well, through my experience on Rapunzel, I really like how deeply I can go on somebody else's project and it was really inspiring to me and I just wanted to continue that in every project that I work on so when I worked on um on Frozen it was completely it was a completely different story and there weren't um as many parallels in the girls lives as in mine as like in Rapunzel for some reason I was able to do that but for Frozen it it was different it was more about the relationship between Elsa and Anna and Mm. while I worked on that, that relationship changed quite a bit. But what I really tried to focus on the most was just what the this frozen heart underneath the woman means. And that going back to the idea that underneath the frozen exterior is a true human with, mm. with real needs and desires. And so I, I looked at their relationship and just tried to, to live it and pretended I was Elsa and then pretended I was Anna.
0: Did you find when you were working on either of those projects... That there was a, a kind of tension between the characters as they were forming in your mind and the characters as you were getting to know them on the one hand and the demands of the plot and the storyline on the other. Was there ever a tension yeah. between those two?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because sometimes there is that tension, but at the same time I've realised, and that's what I love so much about working in animation and with the like, a writing team of people, It's just somehow it keeps like revealing itself and somehow the plot and the characters, they start making sense to one another. And Mm. when they're not at odds with one another, then you start realizing, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Like uh, 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 this is exactly the way that the character is supposed to be because this is the plot. And this is I love that. And that's what I love yes. about story is I feel like I'm always noticing something about myself as a human, my emotions when I'm working in story.
0: There's an image that the writer Stephen King mm-hmm. uses. He's, he's written a, a book called On Writing and he uses an image in there of an archaeologist. And this person comes along and they find just little bits of a just little exposed parts of a fossil, a massive fossil of a dinosaur and they start to dig it out, and they start to brush out the, around the bones, and, and gradually, gradually, the the whole thing appears. And he, he compares that to discovering a story. His theory is that the story is there to be discovered. For yes. me, it's the, I I'm, love that,
1: and I, I truly do believe that. And when you're working on something like that, especially, I don't know why, but somehow it happens for me more when I'm working with other people on mm. it. I feel those discoveries and it just, it clicks in like this very metaphysical way where I just feel like oh my gosh the universe is exactly the way it's supposed to be (laughs) just
0: for that moment it all works good yes yeah coming back to Tangled again um so when Mm -hmm. the I can't even remember his name now the the the, the male lead Flynn Flynn, Mm -hmm. that's right he climbs up to the tower and he thinks he's just the guy doesn't he? he totally thinks he's the guy and she completely owns him
1: I think it was kind of understood that she wasn't going to just be swayed by like some guy's ego.
0: Yeah. I mean, he can give her the look, but she's not going to be impressed. Is she really with that? Yeah. And and that.
1: Yeah. And my take on that was that she's been locked in a tower. Like she's not in this world in the way that um, that everyday people are, that she's not yeah. going to be concerned about the same things that Flynn Rider is because no. she just hasn't been living in society in that way.
0: I want to come on to something else which I know that you've talked about, and that's how we can perhaps begin to look into the interior life of characters in their more private moments, where they're, they're not necessarily doing very much. They're not necessarily doing stuff which would move the plot of a story along. Yeah. We we almost get a, a privileged view into their life at that moment. Do, can you do you tell yeah. me a little bit about your thinking on that?
1: So when I was working on Tangled, Lots and Translation came out, and I okay. saw that movie, and it truly has just changed my, it has actually changed my life just in the way that I work now, because I saw how Sofia Coppola just showed so much of Scarlett Johansson's character in the, in the hotel room, just, just daydreaming. And, mm. and it wasn't plot heavy. There was nothing happening, but it was just so intriguing. And it was, so refreshing because I was working on Tangled where all of our discussions were about plot, all of it. And so much was mm. like, okay, well, it's getting too slow here or this and that. It's just like, I loved going to the movies and just seeing this movie, Lost of Translation, that was just, it was, it was just kind of like breathing and just like taking yeah. a moment to like be in this person's world. And after I saw that, I was just, oh gosh, I really need to figure out a way to get this into the movies that I work on or at least into the work that I do and that was one of the things that led me to, to want to do that sketchbook where I just followed myself around.
0: Yeah that that idea came after that after seeing the film did it or well, perhaps not directly from it but yeah. that was in terms of yeah. the sequence of time some people tend to see themselves as more character driven and some seem mm-hmm. seemed, tend to think of themselves as more plot or story driven do you recognize that distinction do you think you are one or the other of those kinds of people
1: i would probably say that i'm a character driven person um just because it just comes more naturally to me it's what i like to do is just explore the characters environments and Mm. stuff like that actually this whole this The reason why Save Lost in Translation has changed my life is because after watching it I ended up working like that on Tangled and after I worked like that on Tangled it was such um, an eye opener for me and it it just changed the whole way that I work. I ended up searching for moments of just true character introspection. And that eventually led me to writing my own children's book, and eventually just leaving Disney to just write children's books, where I can explore characters living and breathing in their personal moments.
0: I've noticed that in your work there's a tremendous sense of color and light and dark and just setting, I suppose as well. And if we if we think about your book, so once upon a cloud. Uh-huh. How does that work for you? you, Are you very conscious of the colours you use and and the the way in which light and dark works in your pictures?
1: Yeah, yes, I am. One, in the very beginning, when I first started writing Once Upon a Cloud, I wanted to do it in pen and ink. Right. And then the story developed and I started realizing how important these characters were going to be like the the moon and the sun and the stars Mm. they're all so bright I realized that I I couldn't do it justice in pen and ink and so I ended up doing it in pastels and so yeah, in order to show the bright there has to be like the dark in there to really showcase the bright yeah I I wanted to create something that was um, going to to take you out of your everyday life I just wanted her go somewhere that was really different than just the everyday mundane yeah. stuff even though i really love showing that part
0: too <laughs> <laughs> some of the things that i'm looking at in my podcast at the moment are basic dimensions of creative writing one of which we talked about which is style others of which we've talked about which is plot and character but i also talk about setting and obviously as, as writers we don't have color and visual cues to give people but setting is really critical in that in in the sense of taking people from where they are into a different place but a, a coherent place and a place that's believable i suppose yeah
1: so in in my book once upon a cloud it's a story about a little girl who is looking for a gift for her mother and she she's thinking about it and thinking about it mm-hmm. all day long and we see her in different parts of her day just thinking about um, what's the perfect gift for her mom and right as she's about to fall asleep the wind comes in and blows her up to the sky where she meets the stars and the moon and the sun, and she spends a moment with each one of them, and they just shower her with attention. Then the wind comes back, and she's on her way back to the house, and she looks down, and she sees the field of flowers, and that's when it dawns on her what the perfect gift for her hmm. mother would be. Hmm. It would be a, a bouquet, and she goes back, and she makes the bouquet out of flowers that represent each of the moments that she, she spent with the sun, the stars, right. and the moon. And it was really speaking about... Our, or at least my search for, for creative ideas and, mm. and inspiration and mm. how you can try so hard you can try so hard but really when you just let go those ideas will come to you and they're like they're like the perfect gift really the moments that you spend with certain people that you're just enjoying yourself in yeah. and you're not necessarily thinking about the thing that you're supposed to be doing but you're just enjoying yourself and eventually when it's time to find that inspiration it, it just comes yeah and it's been kind of working at you throughout your day in, in little moments that you weren't realizing at the time
0: you know your your pictures tell a story there's a story there's a story not hiding but there's a story intermingled in the pictures that you produce yeah
1: Um, well in my case i often feel like the story is hiding Where yeah I, i'll have a, a drawing um and i feel it i feel like there's a whole world there i just don't know what it is mm. or how to express it in words
0: this is why i so enjoy stephen king's image of digging away to get a forget of fossil and yeah. the process that you describe is very similar to the process that writers would go through when you have to ask those questions to find out who the character is in visual art for example in your art and again i'd encourage people who are listening to this to go and look at the pictures that are available that are on on the internet on your site and look at the detail look at the detail because that that discipline of looking at detail is what writers as well need to do can you talk a little bit about how the pictures which are on your blog from once upon a cloud show your main character the little girl in it
1: Well, it it is such an interesting question, because I guess it really goes back to this idea about the plot being linked with the character. Mm. Um, Because in this story, I needed to show that she was a little girl, like five or six years old. And the main thing that I needed to show, because you only got so many pictures to, to tell your story with. so. I needed to show that she was thinking of a gift for her mom and trying and she was really having a hard time with it. And I kind of struggled as to how I was going to show that. And so Mm. then I decided upon this this first image where she's got the thought bubbles with the gifts in it, all these different types of gifts. Yes. She's thinking of all these gifts. And then, yes. and then it goes into her, the rest of her day where she's just thinking about it all day. Like she's thinking about it at school and she's thinking about it um, in the bathtub and she's thinking about it while she brushes, brushes her teeth before bed. And even when she's, about to fall asleep, she's still thinking about it. And I felt like that was really important for my story to show that this was something that she was really, really, really trying to think Mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. And then... When the wind comes and takes her up, it's like, it's, it's her dream. She's fallen asleep and she's, she's dreaming now, but she's enjoying herself. It's these moments where she's dancing with the stars and, and there's no mention of her thinking about the, the gift at all anymore. No. And she's just kind of enjoying this amazing ride and, and spending time with these characters and these, <laughs> these celestial elements and, and just enjoying herself. And that was important for her to just kind of get out of the space of, thinking so much about what she was searching for and then when she goes back Mm. down then she she finds it and uh, i wanted to make sure that we got to see her pulling all of those ideas together into like a physical gift picking each flower for each um moment she's passed with the characters up in the sky and then we get to see her with her mom
0: one of the things that strikes me from what you were saying then was how it's almost as if whatever the problem is or whatever the challenge is it's getting solved in the background as that person lives their life so um I, i suppose i'm thinking of that in terms of Celeste has a, a problem, which is she needs to think of something to get a mum. The, the solutions start to come as she's almost distracted by the other things she's doing. Or um, the challenges that you might have had working on Tangled started yeah. to be resolved as you did something which was nothing to do with the film. It was another film, We it was seeing a different
1: film. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, um, what really inspired me to write this book was I had just read um, Carl Jung's book, Man and His Symbols. Mm-hmm. it's all about the importance of dreams and right. how the solutions to our problems really lie in our dreams and to really really pay attention to your dreams right and so many times we get stuck in in a problem and and really the solution could just be so easy and to not uh, to not get wrapped up in in the difficult part of that Problem solving, but really just enjoy the moments that you have that mm. are enjoyable. Yes. And just trust that the problem is getting solved, and it's something that I always am trying to remind myself of. But it's it's difficult in life because you you have deadlines or you've got you've got things that that need to get solved soon, and um and it, it's just difficult to remember to just step back and live and just trust mm. that uh, that life will see you through. <laughs> that yeah. You're gonna, yeah. it'll all work. And I, think... I really wanted to show that in a children's book because I feel like that if there's one one thing that I, I could tell my kids it would be to just to let life happen
0: I think there's probably lessons there for well, probably for artists as well as writers I mean one thing I know that we writers have to do if, we, if we're working on some writing sometimes we just have to put it away and walk away from it we lose a, a true perspective on, on what we're writing if we get too close yeah. to it it's too intense that practice of stepping back and living a bit is a very good one so yeah. do you want to tell us a little bit about anything else that you're working on at the moment, other projects? Obviously, you've you worked on Once Upon a Cloud. Um, what, what are the kind of things you're doing at the moment or hoping to do in the near future?
1: Well, right now I'm trying to come up with the idea for my next book. I'm trying to, to figure out how to capture the spirit of my daughter in a book. Mm. I'm just playing around with ideas on that and mm. kind of getting frustrated with how long it's taking me <laughs> um, and trying to just remind myself, like, it'll come that right just the right time yeah but, um
0: and are you hoping to to write more books after that
1: yeah and I, I have um some other books that i'm illustrating for for other people
0: okay and are do you think you'll you'll want to go back to film at some at some point in the future or is that maybe yes. maybe not
1: yeah i'm um i love working in visual development i love right. i love working um with other people and and hearing their ideas for story and just the inspiration that gives when you've got a lot of people working on something and and being inspired by different things and bringing it all together. And also just working on somebody else's project is really, really kind of liberating just mm. coming up with ideas that you wouldn't have necessarily come up with yourself
0: so it sounds like it's you see a lot of value in bringing groups of people together
1: yeah yeah i feel like when it when it works well when you've got the right people together yes. in the right mindset it can really really be amazing yeah. But i do believe like in in having that personal time to just work through things on your own so that you can bring the best to the table yeah.
0: So, Claire, if people are interested in having a look at your work, can you tell us uh, if you've got a web address yeah. and uh, if people are interested, in fact, in, in maybe purchasing prints from from the work that you've produced, what would they, where do they go for that?
1: Yes, um, you can see some of my work on Claire on a Cloud. Uh, it's my Tumblr. And I haven't put like visual development portfolio together or something. I might do that sometime soon, but okay. in any case, it'll be somehow connected to that. Um, and if you wanted to buy prints, there is a link on my on my blog under store that just goes to my um, Society6 account, and you can buy prints of my work that I did for some art shows. Okay, great.
0: Well, thank you very much for your time today. It's been well, great to talk to you.
1: Thank you, Andrew. It was really, really wonderful talking with you about this stuff. I love it. It's so inspiring. I want to – it makes me – want to come up with ideas <laughs>
0: good <laughs> well hopefully we could all come up with ideas for me well thank you very much claire bye bye bye